going on, everyone? This is Drew Code Sports Talk, and I am your host, Andrew Wright. And over in his bedroom is my co-host, Cody Johnson. Cody? Hey, everybody. What is going on? Thank you so much for tuning in. We cannot wait for you guys to hear this episode. If you want to listen to any more episodes, please follow us on the other major podcast platforms, such as iHeart, Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts, where you can listen to our full library. And you can also go on our social media channels at Drew Code Sports Talk um, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So with that being said, let's get into it. All right, guys. Uh, well, thank you for joining us. Um, as Cody said, go uh, check us out on all the major podcasts. Go check out our uh, social media. Our Twitter is back up and running again, <laughs> as it has probably never really kicked up to speed. But that's because Cody is focused on other things. So I finally took over Twitter, and I am always on Twitter. So yes, if you uh, if you guys want to uh, tweet at us, that's uh, that's great. I've been trying to post as much as we can. Um, it's been really fun, actually. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> you know, my wife looks over and is like, "Hey, um, what are you doing?" Oh, I'm doing Drew Code Twitter. I, I got to do it, babe. <laughs> yeah, I got to do it. That's what I tell my wife when I'm doing Instagram. She's like, "What are you doing?" I was like, "Oh, I'm doing Instagram." She goes again. I was like, "Yeah, I've got to do it for Drew Code." I mean, who else is going to do it around here? Yeah. Also go check out fnxfitness.com. Uh they got some great workout gear and workout supplements. Uh for those people who are working out at home or uh maybe in uh different states where they're allowing you to go to the gym, uh go check them out. They sell out real quick. So please go get uh get your stuff quickly and we can also get you 15% off. Um and I'll have Cody explain how you can get that 15% off. Yeah, all you guys, uh, all you guys got to do is go to drewcodesportstalk.com and on our page we have a link called Partners where you can click on that and uh, it'll actually show you the link that you can click on for fnxfit.com and use drewcode15 when you guys are purchasing your supplements or workout gear to get 15% off. So you guys are definitely going to want to use that promo code, save as much as you can. And I believe that they are their summer line is almost up, so I'm sure they've got a lot more promos going on right now where you can add on with that discount code. So. Definitely pick up your supplements and your workout gear now to get your guys' quarantine bodies back into check. Isn't that right, yes. Drew? Yes. Yes. My gut has gotten a little big. I have not worked out in a while, and you, all I do is eat, and I need, to, I need to go back to the gym. Have you seen that clip with uh, Hard Knocks when it was a Cleveland Browns and that coach when he says, hut, his gut jumps? <laughs> yeah. That's how I feel. So, <laughs> <laughs> You know, all I want to do is uh, when I brush my teeth for my belly not to jiggle anymore. That's that's just I don't need to be skinny. I just need my belly not to jiggle when I when I brush my teeth anymore. Yeah, if there's only some magical way. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um also guys, go check out um on the uh, Drew Code Sports Talk website. Uh, I actually started a uh, sports blog and have uh put it on there. It's going to be a weekly thing. Um, it's just going to be strictly about uh, just going to be running a sports blog about the San Francisco Giants, about basically everything San Francisco Giant wise. So uh, if you guys uh, like baseball, not even you don't even have to like the Giants. If you just like baseball, go check it out. Uh, I promise you I am uh, I am being as honest as I possibly can without sounding like a fan. <laughs> so, uh, but it's uh, I'm really excited about doing that. And uh, the first first vlog is already out there so uh which is which is really really cool so 
And Cody, I want to thank you for helping me out with that. Yeah, no problem. We got it up and running and, uh, you know, it's all on the uh, website. Actually, it's uh, called One Giant Step and there's a link at the top of the website too for all those that want to click on it and get directly to it. Um, and if you want us to email you directly, just, you know, shoot us a comment or DM us and we'll definitely share it with you direct. So. All right. Okay. So enough of all that. We are going to get into the meat and potatoes of uh, everything sports. Um, we have a big announcement for uh, next week, and we'll kind of go into that a little bit more, uh, probably towards the end. So uh, make sure you listen to this whole thing and make sure you listen to the end as well. Um, but uh, Cody, uh, the NBA bubble is slowly coming to an end for the seeding or seeding uh, games, but um, the playoffs are coming soon. Mm-hmm. So uh, there is a tight, tight, tight race in the West for the eighth spot, which is absolutely crazy. All three teams who are in the running right now, currently right now, the Trailblazers are the number eight seed. Mm-hmm. But uh, slowly or right behind them, a half game is the Memphis Grizzlies and the Phoenix Suns. And the Phoenix Suns obviously are 7-0 and right now in the bubble, which is ridiculous. Devin yeah. Booker has been going off. But before we get to Devin Booker and the Suns, Cody, I wanted to talk about Damian Lillard first. Mm-hmm. This guy is going absolutely nuts. He is... I know a lot of people want to talk about, oh, we got uh, we got Devin Booker. He's hitting game-winning shots and yada, yada, yada. Listen... Damian Lillard has been hitting game-winning shots basically his whole career. Um, And also, Lillard just went off yesterday, as we were recording this on Wednesday, Mm -hmm. uh, the 12th. He went off for 61 points and was yelling, put some respect on his name. Uh, And then he tweeted afterwards, which I was such in love with. Skip Bayless has been talking a lot of trash towards Damian Lillard. Mm -hmm. So then Lillard proceeds to go off for 61 points. And uh, Skip Bayless tweeted at him. He said, uh, good game. And uh, I will will quote Damian Lillard on Twitter. He put, F you, biatch. (laughs) So, but he actually said them. Um, so I just thought that was the greatest thing. I was like, yes, dude, I am here for all of it. That's funny. Um, but Cody, I mean, the Blazers are on fire. Nurkic has been a huge help. Yeah. Uh, McCollum hasn't really done a whole lot, but he still is a, a, a main factor for the Blazers. So you can't count him out. Mm-hmm. Obviously we just talked about Lillard and then, uh, Mello has been a huge addition for the Blazers. Uh, I mean, what do you think about this Blazers team and specifically Damian Lillard? I feel like I kind of mentioned this a few weeks ago about the Blazers are a team that we all need to kind of watch out for. I mean, they've got Whiteside on the defensive and on the rebound. Nurkic is back, and he can still score even though he had his injury, and he's rebounding the ball very well. I always have been saying this, that C.J. McCollum is a very skilled player, and he can get to anywhere and shoot the ball. Even on bad shooting nights, he finds a way to you know, make his possessions count. Damian Lillard is our, I think this is the, this generation's Allen Iverson who can wheel his team to victory, put up points. The great thing about Lillard though, is that he's got, it seems like unlimited range. I mean, we all remember last year where he basically sent the thunder home on a last minute three pointer in front of Paul George. 
at the logo basically and that was on a <laughs> step back it wasn't like he pulled forward he stepped back and nailed it and with ease as well so this and is do what you remember sorry to interrupt but do you remember people arguing after that shot they were like was that a good shot i mean they were, and they were everyone was saying yeah that was a good shot why wasn't paul george up on it? that was not okay it was not a good shot but it's damian lillard he is able to take that shot okay right. that's the difference well and, and another thing too is with how the game is played with three-point shooting being so you know being basically the the main thing that um players are practicing on and working on their craft around essentially like we're not I mean, we're going with ball handling still, um, obviously with fundamentals, but now it's like getting your three-point shot, making sure your, sh- your shooting form is on point to where you can literally knock it down from wherever you're at now. Where I remember when we were watching you know, basketball games in the early 2000s, and now we're kind of really aging ourselves a little bit, where <laughs> three-point shooting wasn't what t- – that was a bad shot for some teams. You know, they, or some teams only had one or two people that would sit up in the corner – and then they would knock down those threes. And that was all they were known for. Now it's like, you know, you've got players that shoot threes in their sleep. And Lillard is no exception to that. If anything, he's improved over his career and his three-point shooting. And one of the things, I know that a lot of people say it is a bad shot. Normally it is a bad shot if you shoot it from there. But this is Damian Lillard, like you mentioned. And essentially from that range, he's actually better from that range than closer up on the three-point line. I think there was a statistic out there that he's, shooting like 48 or 49% from that spot where he's that far uh, behind the three-point line than shooting at the three-point line where I think he's only like 41%. So it was some outrageous like figure where he's actually better from longer distance. But, and what you mentioned too, mellow with that ISO play and being that essentially the legit second scorer or third scorer if needed. And, you know, now that he's gotten into extremely good shape, for this bubble and that he's essentially had a good resting period, not only from when he got signed with the Blazers, but you know, that break with, uh, with the pandemic and now being in the bubble, he's really gotten himself into even better shaped for a really good playoff run. And, you know, some of the things we should really hope for as a basketball audience is tomorrow, the Blazers are playing um, Brooklyn and Phoenix, who you've mentioned with Devin Booker is playing against Dallas. So we got to, this is unfortunately where we need to hope that the Blazers need to lose, but the, but the Suns win, so that way they have to have a, a play-in for the eighth spot because then they would figuratively yeah. tie. And who wouldn't want to see the two hottest teams in the bubble go at it for the eighth seed in the West? I think that would be amazing. But ultimately, I think the Blazers will get in. I think the Suns are, are really hot being 7-0 and right now, but you know I just feel like that they kind of started – you know, too far back from when the bubble started to where Portland is basically catching fire. And Portland right now is, you know, an argument could be made that they're like a top three Western Conference team right now with kind of how the Western Conference has been playing. And that's scary to think about that the Lakers could see the Blazers in the first round, which they will if they clinch. And if that happens, I mean, we're going seven at least, you know, I don't think there's any way that the Lakers sweep the Blazers. I think the Lakers no. need to be on high alert. And, you know, before we started recording, I was telling you the Lakers need to kind of get their act together. The last three games, they lost two of them. They haven't really gotten a really good stride since they've been in the bubble. A couple of good games here and there, but for the most part, like I've been kind of shocked. I thought the Lakers well rested would kind of, you know, get right back into the swing of things. And it seems like that they, you know, have been really slow at getting, you know, back into, into basketball. And, you know, the Blazers have just 
you know, taken off like a rocket, no pun intended to the other Western conference team in the <laughs> conference, but you know, they've just been taking off in, and putting, putting everyone on notice that the Blazers are legit and, you know, don't, I would not be surprised if the if the Blazers made it all the way to the semi or even the conference finals, just because that's how well they're playing. And in my opinion, in the West, they're, they're probably like the second hottest team right now behind the Suns who are undefeated. So you can't really say they're the hottest, but the second hottest at least. Yeah. Um, you know, you kind of brought up the Suns a little bit and I, I know a lot of people want to go and I, I don't want to take away Devin Booker is having an amazing bubble. Um, yeah. And I'm not saying that he's not having a great year, but he, Devin Booker, he does do this a lot, like almost every single year that he's been in the league. Mm-hmm. So I'm not trying to take away from what, what Booker is doing, but I do also want to say, I don't think it's just his play as your dog is trying to get into uh, the conversation. Yeah, she's got an opinion uh, about this one right now. Don't be talking about <laughs> Devin Booker like that. That's what she's saying. Uh, yeah, I know. She's like, I love Devin Booker. <laughs> um, but what I am most impressed with is how Devin Booker has been playing with DeAndre Ayton. And yeah. I think that has been the biggest help. It's not just Booker doing everything. Now he's got another guy who can help him in Aiton. You also have a Kelly Oubre, who is a, a good three shooter. So he's he essentially is your number three uh, uh, player. So this team is, is very set up nicely, but it's unfortunate that Aiton was injured earlier this year. Uh, I think Booker had a had an injury uh, later on. Um, and Kelly Oubre hasn't been so consistent and he's not, he's not a good number two guy. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think the Suns that's why the record is the way it is. And now they get into this bubble and they're on fire and it's great. It's good to see because now I'm, I'm looking at the Suns and I'm going, well, you know, next year, this is going to be a, a great team. Um, but for the most part, I don't see them making it this year. I think the Blazers are too good. They're too experienced. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at the Suns, Devin Booker, uh, you know, I, he hasn't seen playoff action. And as much as he's doing really well and, and he deserves a lot of uh, what he's been doing, um, you also have to look at, you know, DeAndre Ayton is still very young. You know, you have no idea how he's going to do in, in a final game or in a game where they they have an elimination. You know what I mean? So <laughs> it's as much as I would love to see the Suns, I think I would I still would much rather watch the Blazers because the Blazers are just to see that team in the playoffs. You want to see Damian Lillard. I mean, especially after last year, how how he ended the Thunder, as we talked about earlier. Yeah. So, um, you know, good for the Suns, and I'm excited to watch them next year, but I think this year it, it's definitely the Blazers' number eight seed to lose. Yeah, um, I agree. Actually, technically, I mean, like I said, they're a half game ahead, and I actually left out the Spurs, who are still in the running as well, um, but I just I don't think the Spurs have that much talent uh, to do that. So, uh, for me... I think the Blazers take the eighth spot. Well, uh, Cody, I mean, we didn't really get to the uh, to the Grizzlies. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, do you think the Grizz? I mean, 
for me, again, it's it's the experience factor. So that's my opinion. But do you think the Grizzlies have a have a fairly decent shot? Um, I mean, they have a shot in the sense of you know they're a half game back like everybody else. But I think with how hot um, Portland's playing, being a half game above everybody, essentially Portland controls their own destiny. They win and they clinch. Um, you know, tomorrow night. But again, though, my you know if. Uh, if they lose, which hopefully they won't, and, you know, if, in theory, if everybody else wins, we could have a four-way play-in, which is kind of unprecedented. But I don't think the Grizzlies are really a team that's ready for the playoffs quite yet. Um, you know, they I think since the bubble started, they've lost, I think, six out of their seven games that they've played so far. They're playing tomorrow night against the Bucks. Um, even though it's at, without Giannis, I think we can both agree that the Bucks are going to be – they're going to come away with a close win, but the Bucks, I think we can agree are too strong of a matchup yeah. for the Grizzlies, even though with John Morant, how he's been playing has been terrific. Who, by the way, is my rookie of the year. Um, yeah. You know, yeah, unfortunately right. Zion, Zion Williamson. And again, an argument can be made. It's the Pelicans that did this to him basically didn't show up in the bubble. And even when he was there, he did have some good production, but it just, you know, the Pelicans out of fear for whatever reason, just took, you know, cuffed him basically. And, you know, he did really well in the in the year before, um, you know, the pandemic started. But John Morant was there from start to finish, and he's been mm-hmm. still doing really well. I mean, even with um, even with the the layoff during the pandemic and then coming back, he's still turning it up. And if not, you know, an argument can be made he got better because he had now time to kind of – he was at game pace and he kept that training up to where when he went yeah. into the bubble, it almost was like a second year, even though, like, he's still in his first year, you know. and you know, I, I like the Grizzlies team, though. I'm going to say, like, they're a playoff team probably next year with a couple of veteran pieces in there and John Morant and and Dylan Brooks in there. Um, but, unfortunately, this year I think the Grizzlies are, are, are too inexperienced to, to win or to get into the playoffs and even make any noise. So I don't see the Grizzlies moving on or getting into the playoffs. I think, like, what we've kind of been mentioning is it's the Blazers to lose and we don't see them giving it up anytime soon. So. Um, let me ask you this question since we're kind of already leaning towards that. We're, we're pretty much in agreement that the Blazers are going to be the number eight seed, right? Yeah. Okay. So who do you think is going to be the number nine seed? Who's, who do you think is going to be the odd man out? I ultimately think it's going to be the Suns, unfortunately. I think, um, you know, I would not be surprised if the Suns go eight and oh, but again, because the Blazers had a better record and they, let's say they win tomorrow night, like, and they clinch because that's essentially how they'll clinch then unfortunately, you know, it'll all be for nothing because I don't see the Sun – I don't see, excuse me, the Spurs winning. I don't see the Grizzlies winning their last game. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, the only – the odd teams out would be Suns, who would be the closest one. But, uh, honestly, it's kind of heartbreaking too because here you see the Suns getting all their young pieces, which they were essentially like in the abyss for, gosh, how many years? And I think I even <laughs> mentioned this on uh, Instagram. Like, they've wasted Devin Booker's – you know, the first five years of his career. And mm-hmm. they're, this is like his first two game winning streak. And now like they've gotten all the way to seven games, which is great. And we know that they're capable of doing this with all that talent. Yeah. Um, but I think the Suns ultimately will be the odd man out They're the, they're the hottest team, but I think there's not enough games in the bubble to where they'll catch up. Unfortunately, they need the Blazers to slip up and you know, I don't, I don't, I don't see the Blazers slipping up. You know, they're too hot. Damian Lillard won't let that happen. Even if Damian Lillard, for some reason, has an off-shooting night, you still have C.J. McCollum, uh, Mello, Nurkic, Whiteside on the defensive side. 
And that's just essentially their starters. Their bench is still pretty good with, uh, I think his name is Trent uh, Jr., if I'm yeah. not mistaken. Mm-hmm. He's, he's been just as hot as Lillard has in some respects with his three-point shooting. So I just think the Blazers are, are you know, are too stacked. They've got a, a comfortable half-game lead with one win. They're, you know, they clinch. So I just think that the Suns are going to be, you know, sent home. And they'll be hungry, though, for next year. I think next year they'll be a team that we need to pay attention to. Yeah. Um, so I agree with you. I think the Suns are going to be the, the number nine seed. And unfortunately, like we have said, they, they deserve to be in the playoffs, but it's a little too little too late type of a thing, Mm -hmm. uh, where, um, you know, they, they just struggled with injuries really early. Um, and like I said, I think if Aiton had started the year with them, I mean, obviously Aiton, Aiton wasn't really, I mean, it wasn't necessarily an injury. It was more, um, he was suspended for 20, or I think it was like 20 games or something for, uh, yeah, 20, the, 20 to 25 games, I think. Yeah. For him beefing up. But since he's come back, I mean, in this bubble, he's actually played really well. Mm-hmm. Like I said, he's been a, a great number two guy. I think there's no question that Devin Booker's the number one guy, but Aiton, who would have thought that Aiton was the type of guy that the Suns needed mm-hmm. to um, really go on this run? And that's, I mean, Aiton obviously is a rim protector. He helps, but he also can shoot the ball. He's he's a stretch, uh, stretch big, kind of like Joel Embiid. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, if he can stay healthy, he could potentially be a, a better player than Joel Embiid. Uh, just talking about longevity, mm-hmm. uh, you know, number-wise, career-wise. Because Embiid, uh, I mean, right now I'm watching the Sixers and Raptors play, and Embiid already got hurt again. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's favoring his wrist right now. So, uh, you know, I, it's just Embiid cannot stay healthy. And, and uh, for me, Aiton kind of reminds me of Embiid. But if Aiton can stay healthy, he will be a much better player, in my opinion, than Embiid. Yeah, I can agree with that. Um just makes it unfortunate, though, because honestly, when the Suns started the year, they went uh, six and four in their first 10 games when Aiton and Booker were both in the lineup. So, it, you know, when they're together, they're a good team. And when you bring in players like Ricky Rubio, uh, you have Sark on there, uh, Kelly Ubrecht Jr. These are all like really talented players. And then you kind of and they're young. So it's not like they it's not like you got a bunch of veterans in there that can't go back to backs. It's just, you know, getting a leader in there that can pull them all together. But Aiton, for, for certain, is an outlier here with how big he is. And, you know, and his ball handling is a little underrated. His passing is very, very efficient. Um, you know, with some work, he'll be better at it. But, you know, he, he's essentially, a, you know, Embiid 2.0. If he can stay healthy, though, I can see him having a better career than Embiid and not being known for injuries. As long as he stays out of trouble and, you know, he can maintain his health and his performance, I mean, the Suns could be a force to be reckoned with with Booker and Aiton for some years to come. So, all right. So, Cody, we kind of talked about um, you know the the race for eighth place in um, in the Western Conference, but I wanted to talk about the race for second place mm-hmm. because as of right now, and and like I said, we are recording this. Um, on the twelfth, so uh, the the Nuggets and Clippers they face off tonight. So by the time this comes out, they will already have played and, and we'll know who wins. But the Clippers and Nuggets, 
I mean, essentially, you have to look at it this way. If the Nuggets win, they're only a half game behind the Clippers. And if they win a second game, um, which I think they have one more game at least, um, they could overtake the number two spot from the Clippers. Mm -hmm. And if I'm the Nuggets, they probably want to do that. But if I'm the Nuggets, I'm okay losing. Because... If you're the number two seed, it looks like you're going to be facing the Dallas Mavericks. Mm-hmm. Granted, if the if the Jazz lose out um, and the Mavericks win out, then the Mavericks will go to the sixth seed. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think if you're the Clippers, you might think about losing. And if you're the Nuggets, you might think about losing. Uh-huh. <laughs> because... I got to be honest. I know we're talking. We've been talking about the Blazers and and well deserved. I think if the Blazers were had this team the whole year, I think they would probably be fighting for the number two, number three seed. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, we're. I mean, we're kind of overpassing the Mavericks a little bit. Luka Doncic is going all out. I mean, he's getting triple doubles and he's getting like twenty rebounds. And then he was like. Then the next game, he was like, I don't want to get rebounds. I want to get assists. So he gets like 19 freaking assists on and 34 points. You know what I mean? So yeah. uh, uh, Luca is absolutely uh, thriving <laughs> in the bubble as well. But someone else who I wanted to talk about who actually is being – and this is what I was talking about before we went on our little uh, uh, quarantine uh, for five months. Mm-hmm. Um was Porzingis. I had him on my fantasy basketball team and he was starting to get into a group. He had like two, three weeks where he was just, he was actually scoring more than, um, than Luca was mm-hmm. on, on a, a lot of those games. Uh, Luca was kind of distributing the ball more. He was doing more, but uh, Porzingis was getting a ton of rebounds. He was getting a ton of points. And it was starting to look like Porzingis was coming into the unicorn that he was mm-hmm. uh, with the Knicks. And now he's with the Mavericks and he had struggled with injuries and he had struggled to kind of get back. And then he kind of had to get a repertoire with, uh, with Luca. And now they do. And during this bubble, Porzingis has continued where he left off. Um, and this is a scary team because Porzingis, he is what? Seven, three. Yeah. Yeah. And he can shoot from anywhere, just like Luca. Luca's probably got some very underrated uh, handles. Mm-hmm. He's, he can score, like I said, from anywhere. Um, he can make any pass, and he can get rebounds. He's a long, um, he's a long two. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, I don't know, man. If I'm if I'm the Nuggets, uh, you, if you're Jokic, you have to worry about Porzingis. I mean. Porzingis is a guy that you can probably dominate inside, but uh, Jokic is not a great perimeter uh, defender. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you would much rather say, hey, Clippers, you guys go handle that. You know, So you make Kawhi guard Luka or Paul George guard, guard Luka, mm-hmm. and um, you have to make uh, Montrezl Harrell guard Porzingis, and Porzingis can probably handle Harrell pretty well. Because if, I mean, Harrell has the lower body strength uh, better than Porzingis, but Harrell is not going to be able to guard Porzingis all game long Mm -hmm. from the three line or how he kind of can move around a little bit. So 
I mean, what are your thoughts? I mean, do you think if you're the Clippers, let's say you're the Clippers, mm-hmm. do you think you would give this game away to try and move back to the three seed? Or do you think your team is strong enough where you're not too worried? So truthfully, if I'm the Clippers, I'm not really worried about the Mavericks. If anything, I want the Mavericks over Utah, in my opinion. I think the reason why is because I think Harrell won't stop poising us. We already know that. That's not something that I'm going to try to debate right now. But I will say that Kawhi Leonard on Luka and, and basically essentially suffocating Luka and turning him into just somebody that gets rid of the ball. And yeah, sure, dump it off to Porzingis who will just, you know, shoot over the top. Um, yeah, I mean, Luka, I mean, um, Porzingis will be the only one that is really scoring. You take Luka's scoring out of there and you turn him into essentially a passer and maybe a rebounder, obviously, because Luka is, I think, six seven six eight. So you're not going to you know, you're not going to give up size in terms of your point guard. But I think the Clippers are too deep of a team, especially with Lou Williams. Um, uh, uh, They have, obviously, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, a handful of other players. Zubak now is coming into his own. So, I mean, even if Harold gets some trouble in the defensive area and, you know, you don't really want Harold's offensive um, help, you can always put in Zubak in there to kind of help get some rebounds and kind of offset Porzingis over there. But in my opinion, the one thing I'm worried about the Mavs is they're they're three and four right now, and they've got one game left. And yeah, they've locked up a position in the playoffs. But in my opinion, like they're not really humming on all cylinders. There's something that's wrong, which and I don't know if it's the layoff. I don't know if it's maybe this just isn't their year. But I think the Clippers are too tough for the Mavericks. You know, I think I think sometimes Utah may be a little bit better just because they got kind of more scores, but I don't think that Dallas is going to be able to keep up with the Clippers. I imagine the, I imagine the series would go at least five to six games. I'm not saying the Clippers would sweep, but I think with the Clippers roster and especially like, even if you want to put Beverly on Doncic and I'm not saying he's a lockdown, but you know, just as a pest, a disruptor, you know, um, the Mavericks definitely need like a perfect humming offense to be smooth in terms of shooting even moving the ball and you get a disruptor in there like Beverly or Harold. Um, you've got Jermichael green that could, you know, they could put in there if they want to play tall and match essentially the Mavericks going tall. Um, you know, they still also have, um, like I mentioned, Lou Williams, Reggie Jackson as scoring. So, you know, they've got a lot of shooters, a lot of defensive players. Um, they've got size to match up with the Mavericks. I'm not saying that the Mavericks are as easy out, but I think the Clippers almost would be better off with, um, with the maps only because they don't have to worry about Rudy Gobert in Utah being a defensive stopper or, um, or, um, you know, Devin Mitchell, who's not a, a great defensive person, but, you know, offensively, you know, we can, we've seen him keep up with teams single-handedly. So I don't think the Clippers want to challenge that, but I think the Mavs would almost be not a safer team, but an easier team to deal with just because they have the size to deal with it and they can do it defensively. So that's in my opinion, if the Clippers were to take on the Mavs. But I, then again, though, if I'm the Nuggets, I worry about injury. And that's why I would think, you know, maybe the Nuggets might want to just, you know, worry about going with Utah rather than the Mavs only because of an injury reasoning. So that's my, that's my two cents regarding the Clippers, though. See, I, w- I would disagree because um, if I'm the Clippers, I would much rather see the Jazz. Because, yeah, you got Donovan Mitchell, who is, is a, a good scorer, but, you know, he's shorter than Luka. You have size on, on Mitchell already. You can put Paul George on him, no problem. You could put Kawhi Leonard on him, no problem. You could put Patrick Beverly on him, no problem. 
um, you know, I would be worried about uh, Luca if I'm the Clippers because yeah, the the reason the Mavericks don't win, a, you know, are three and four in the bubble is simply this: their their defense isn't great. I mean, that's the bottom line. And yes, defense does matter. Of course, I'm not arguing that it doesn't. But what I am arguing is when the Mavericks are on, when their offense moves through Luca, which 90% of the time it does, they are one of the toughest teams to stop. Luca is so, I, I don't know, I, I don't want to say underrated because, you know, he is talked about a lot, but I don't know, I kind of feel like he is underrated because he's not talked about, in my opinion, enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and and Luka Doncic is a different kind of breed. I mean, this guy has been playing professional basketball since he was like 14. Um, yes, it was in, in the uh, European League, but it's still a professional basketball team. Like, he was the youngest every single year. Right. You know? Like, that's just insane to, to think about. Um, so, you know, for me, the Mavericks, and then you, you add in Porzingis, who, he like we've been talking about, he's a guy who can score anywhere. Now, the issue is they really don't have that number three scorer. Uh, so you could put, you know, essentially, if you needed uh, to give your guys a break, if you needed Kawhi Leonard to take a break, uh, if you needed... Um, you know, if you needed, um, uh, Porz- uh, sorry, not Porzingis, <laughs> you needed Paul George to take a break, Kawhi, uh, you know, even Patrick Beverly to take a break. You can have them take a break on defense, uh, because they don't have that third scorer. Um, so, you know, that, that is the only issue with the Mavericks, in my opinion. Now you have guys like JJ Barea, who, you know, is an experienced guy who you could, you could probably put Beverly on and, and feel good about, but mm-hmm. the the main two guys, it's going to be hard enough to stop them or just slow them down. Let alone, um, you know, stopping them the whole series, you know, the whole seven games possibly. And the the other thing to me is, I feel better about the uh, Mavericks going seven games uh, with Clippers versus the Jazz going seven games with the Clippers and. Again, Gobert is, is a talented big man inside, but he doesn't score a lot. So when you're on off or uh, when you're on defense, you yes, you have to keep an eye on on Gobert. I'm not saying you don't, but you know, if he gets 12 points, you're okay with that. You know, you're you're not bugged by it. It's his rebounding and his defense that you're more worried about, which is a viable thing to be worried about, but. You know who else is getting rebounds on the on the uh, Jazz? So if you get two guys boxing Gobert out, you could essentially get the rebounds that you need. So for me, I think uh, the Mavericks matchup wise. I'm not saying team wise because if we're going team wise, yes, of course the Jazz, in my opinion, are a better team right now. Mm-hmm. But Mavericks are a team that. I think have the potential to bring the Clippers to a seven game series versus the Jazz. So that that's my argument. So if I'm the Nuggets, I don't want any part of the Mavericks. I would much rather face the Jazz because you do match up really well with the Jazz. And mm-hmm. if you're the Clippers, I would much rather try and go for the Jazz. Um, but essentially looking at the standings, it kind of seems like the Nuggets hold their own fate. So if they lose this game, if they're losing by like 20 by halftime, I think the Nuggets are just like, we're, we're just going to give this game up. And I wouldn't be surprised at that at all. 
Yeah. Well, uh, too, uh, the Nuggets' success basically is contingent on how healthy, uh, you know, Michael Porter Jr. is going to be because he's basically been their star since the yeah. bubble started. You know, I mean, Jokic, I mean, you know, Jokic has, has been, you know, been essentially starting point guard as they go tall and they've got uh, Bull Bull that they brought up from their G League who's basically been a monster defensively and he can yeah. shoot. I mean, this guy's seven six shooting up three-pointers with ease. Who's going to block him, you know? And then the way that he can close the gap defensively when it comes to challenging shots is like you need to like take two step backs and pull up, you know, just to make sure that you've got enough space. But, you know, for me, the Nuggets, I mean, they're a good team and they would do better against the Jazz. But I also think like, you know, they're a Jamal Murray injury away or um, a Michael Porter Jr. injury away, um, you know, from essentially being nothing more than a, you know, a bottom feeder of a team in the West. And, you know, I think the, the Mavs are good and they've got some good, you know, players. Like they do have Tim Hardaway Jr. who's like a, a third option basically or a Seth Curry when he's, when he's shooting it, he can be dangerous. But, you know, if even one of those guys go cold and, you know, especially if uh, the Clippers, if they can just lock down Luka, which I have no – I have – no issue with saying that that could potentially happen if you want to put Paul George or Kawhi Leonard on him and let, you know, the bigs kind of take care of Porzingis and you just eliminate the effectiveness of Luka, then, you know, the Clippers have that in the bag. I don't think that the, I don't think that the Nuggets have anyone defensively that could shut down Luka. I just think that they have the length to match up against it to not make it so, not make it so difficult just because Porzingis may be a, a tall player that has handles and can shoot. But like I said, there's something about the Mavericks that they're needing something and I can't put my finger on it, but it just doesn't feel like this is their year, even though they've got essentially a stacked team. Like you can make the argument they're almost a super team, but they just, they're one key player away. And I don't know if it's, you know, another person that can be uh, next to Luca that, you know, is essentially an upgrade from Tim Hardaway Jr. But you know, I, I just think that the Mavericks, even if they go with the Jazz as well, would struggle tremendously just because, you know, defensively they kind of let everything go by. And offensively, if Luca or Porzingis isn't isn't making it happen, then who else is there? So, Yeah, no, I, I get the argument. Um, you know, obviously these are these are our opinions. And, you know, we got to we got to go with what we think is is best. But, uh, you know, I, I just wish I would. You know, if I were the just thinking about Lakers perspective, right? I would much rather face you know Mavericks or Jazz versus um, uh, versus the Blazers right now because the Blazers <laughs> are no pun intended uh, blazing. So yeah, essentially. Um, <laughs> so anyway, um, you know, Cody, we kind of talked at length about um, you know the Western Conference. We know that the Nets have. Nets and Magic basically are are in for the Eastern Conference. So the Eastern Conference is set. Mm-hmm. Um, excuse me. Sorry about that. Um, Eastern Conference is set, and I think that's one of the reasons why we've been seeing um, the Bucks um, basically really not trying. Um, mm-hmm. Because, like, we were talking about how the Bucks lost to the Nets, and we were like, ooh, that shouldn't have happened, but you know, they had only started their starters, you know, 20 minutes, and then they rested them for the rest of the game. I mean, 
it, that's essentially the Bucks saying, listen, we want everyone rested as much as we can. Um, you know, and, and like we were talking about, we're watching this Raptors uh, Sixers game. The Raptors right now are not playing well. And the Sixers actually are not playing well, but they're benefiting from the Raptors. Their shooting is terrible. Mm-hmm. And that's my issue with the Raptors is when the Raptors are hitting all their shots, they're a scary team, no question. They're well coached, but they don't have that guy who can score anytime and uh, every time that they need. Mm-hmm. Like you have with the Mavericks with Luka, like you have with the Bucks with Giannis. Uh, Lakers, you know, you have two guys, Anthony Davis or LeBron James. Um, you know, Clippers, you know, we can go on and on with a lot of these teams. Um, Raptors don't have that guy. I mean, honestly, we were talking about who we thought could kind of rival the Bucks, and you, you know, you and I, we we had the Bucks winning uh, the East and coming out of the East into the NBA Finals. Mm-hmm. But I really don't see, I don't see any team who could beat them. I mean, even with a healthy Joel Embiid, they they don't have. Ben Simmons, and we're not sure if he's even going to come back. I mean, I assume he's not. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, the Celtics, they haven't looked great. Jason Tatum's shooting, his shot selection has been really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, that can be fixed, but it it is pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's he's getting triple covered, and he's trying to go up for a layup, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, the Miami Heat, I think that's a team that, you know, if I were going to guess out of any other team right now, it would be the Heat, and I don't feel confident in that. You yeah. know, I think that's too young of a team. I mean, uh, Tyler Hero has been a has been a nice story for the Heat, but I don't think he's a reliable guy that you can constantly uh, trust in. You know, the mm-hmm. only guy you can really trust on the Heat right now is is Jimmy Butler and, uh, and Andre Iguodala. But you know, how much is he going to play? Sure. You know. Um, so I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm missing something. Maybe I'm overpassing the Raptors a little too quickly, but I mean, do you, I mean, do you, do you honestly see that there, I just don't see a scenario where the, where the bucks are eliminated from the playoffs. Do you, I don't see one unless something happens with, you know, with Giannis, you know, getting injured or Giannis doesn't get any help like he is expecting, you know, but for the most part, I mean, the bucks are a pretty, stack team offensively i mean Giannis is essentially a walking triple double if he wants to be in at 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 floor at a base level a, a double double you know and he is suspended for his for their final game for headbutting um uh mo wagner former laker by the way which i'm pretty sure he got headbutted a few times while being on the lakers but <laughs> nevertheless um you know with with eric bledsoe still being on the team uh you know george hill kyle corver brooke and robin lopez um, Chris Middleton is still on the team, of course. So, I mean, I think they offensively are going to be fine unless something happens where they collapse and Giannis is, like I said, the only one that's making it happen. But, you know, I would, I think the, what people don't like about the Raptors' chances, and I think what you're kind of alluding to is you're right. They don't have an outright number one scoring option where, you know, you got to, you know, a, a, a team has got a game plan around them defensively to stop this one person. Um, the Raptors kind of beat you by collective and it's kind of, um, it's kind of like what the Warriors did, except they had clay and, and Steph. So either if they were on 
uh, their own teams, they were obviously the number one options for both their teams, but because they were both on the Warriors and they were known for sharing the ball, and this is pre-Kevin Durant, I'll say, you know, they were that team that collectively they beat you, but they had a number one and a number two legit scoring options that, you know, you had a game plan around. Everybody else was kind of like that outlier. With the Raptors, it's that same game plan, except, you know, Siakam isn't necessarily the number one guy yet. I don't think Kyle Lowry is a number one guy. He's a great leader and he's a good scorer, but I don't see him as a number one guy yet. Uh, uh, Fred Van Fleet, I like him a lot as a player. I mean, he's a good shooter um, and he's a good floor general when he's on there and he, and he creates opportunities for everybody else and can get to the, get to the rack. But for the most part, the way that the Raptors beat you is collective, you know, like they pass the ball a lot. They, um, you know, they score collectively. They don't have, like I said, they're, you know, you're not going to get Mark Gasol scoring, you know, 30 points a game anymore yeah. like he did in 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 uh, Memphis so that's the, really the only way how I can see the Raptors beating um beating the Bucks is because you know they're they're gonna they may beat the the Bucks by collective where Giannis may do it all on his own with just a little bit of help but you know for the most part the way how it's kind of trending I mean on paper you would think the Celtics are the biggest threat to the Bucks but you know with Jalen Brown um uh Enos Cantor, Gordon Hayward, Jason Tatum, his shot, he for some reason is hit or miss, like what you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kimball Walker, it just seems like they are they aren't pacing it together at the right time, and it's just been a struggle. But yeah, you know, I I still think that the Raptors are the biggest you know threat to the Bucks because they are the cha- they are the current champions. The only player that they really lost was Kawhi Leonard. Not saying that that's a small loss, but yeah. for the most part, for the most part, this team in a whole has been kept together, you know, pretty tight. And their coach has been, you know, essentially coaching probably the best year in recent memories of any just standard team without a number one guy like what you mentioned. So, yeah. but I do think that they are the best bet to potentially beat the Bucks if if. Uh, for some reason the Bucks can't can't pull it off. I'm not saying that they won't. I still think the Bucks are gonna gonna be representing the East in the finals, but I think the Raptors are still the biggest threat because again, they beat you by collective and they they're long. They have a great coach. I just think that the Celtics for some reason, and maybe it's Kimber Walker still being injured that's kind of hindering them, but it just feels like that this this isn't the Celtics year. Um, even though they're essentially in third place, I just feel like that the Raptors are gonna be the biggest threat to the Bucks, but I think the Bucks are essentially they're they may be lucky to lose two games in one series, let alone getting pushed to seven games in the East, in my opinion. I just don't think the East is strong enough to hold back Giannis that much. So Yeah. You know, that's how my feelings are about that. I feel like if the Bucks were going to lose like two games in a series, I think it would be the first series. Not because I think the Magic would <laughs> are that good. I just think that um you know, with them not playing a lot of minutes, mm-hmm. uh, they might slightly be a little rusty. I don't want to say like just rust because obviously they're still playing, but I think the potential could be there that these guys could lose. So, yeah, uh, you know, that's just kind of my thought. Well, um, man, you know, I thought we were going to talk a little bit more about uh other sports like baseball but man it was it was strictly basketball obviously though it does make sense because well you know it, fo- uh, football good god uh playoffs are coming uh coming up very soon and we're starting to see all the seedings um so you know it's it's absolutely crazy 
um, how everything has unfolded. I mean, I thought the Pelicans might have had a chance because of this bubble thing, but they just said, well, I guess we're not going to play Zion this year. So yeah. that was kind of weird. <laughs> I saw someone post, uh, well, the Pelican or what do you think the Pelicans should do with uh, Zion next year? You know? And I was like, <laughs> I tweeted at them. I said, you know, maybe he should just play. <laughs> I know that's wild, but maybe they should like try and play him first. Right. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a crazy year, but, uh, yeah, obviously NBA, uh, playoff basketball is, is coming up very, very shortly. Yeah. Very soon and exciting. And I, like I said, I really hope that we do get that play in between the, between the Suns and the Blazers. I think that'd be a, a fun last game of the regular season to kind of get us into the playoffs. I think that'd be a lot of fun if we can get that play in. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Like we said uh, at the beginning, we do uh, have an announcement to make, but that will be made next week. Um, You know, I I think uh, Cody and I, we feel really good about it. And, uh, you know, uh, we're we're looking forward to to our future, I guess, and uh, what we're what we're wanting to do. So we will make that announcement next week. And, of course, go check out Two Bays, where uh, we have been reviewing uh, the Umbrella Academy. And uh, this week we are on episode two. So uh, make sure you go check that out on Monday morning where uh, it will be posted. So, uh, Cody, any final thoughts? Don't forget to follow us on social media, guys. Um, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. It's Drew Code Sports Talk. And also visit our website for more content and episodes to listen to. So without, with, uh, other than that, I think that's it. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Mm-hmm.